Sylvie and I just had to move mountains to get basic technology to work. <laughs> if you all could see the construction that we have here, it's a lot. Technological difficulties. When will we escape them? Probably never. That's what's scary is that it's like one thing breaks down and the whole house of cards tumbles. It does make you wonder, like, what is going on with, I don't know, nuclear codes. Yeah, it is true. It's like the more you learn about something, the more you realize that it's being held together with scotch tape. Yes, I'm so excited to talk about this episode. It was so good. It was so good. This episode was like, felt like all the cornerstones of like, personally, like my favorite things about Shark Tank, like weird things about death, spices, weird baby things. Like, I feel like I could spend 45 minutes alone on our first product. Yes, me too. This is season 14, episode 19. And in the tank, we have... The one and only Gwyneth Paltrow. Thank God. Back to goop us some great deals. We just, we have to jump we right do. in. Okay, let's dive into our okay. first segment. Oh my God. It's Parting Stone. Sylvie, will you do us the great honor of talking about Parting Stones? <laughs> yeah, okay. So our entrepreneur Justin strolls onto the stage <laughs> and he starts talking about his grandpa. And what a great man he was and kind of like all of his hobbies. And it's a really touching like montage that shows up with pictures of him. And and then he says, this zip tie plastic bag is how I received Gramps when he died. <laughs> and that's a tone shift. Okay. That's, that's when I thought to myself, oh my God, this is not going to be a regular, degular segment for us. Cut to close up of ashes in a plastic bag. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, he's not wrong. Like, that's what my grandparents look like, too. So most of them. Wow, your, um, your grandparents look just like him. I mean, like a different hue, I would say. <laughs> Actually, that's like, okay, one of the weirdest things I remember thinking, like, my grandma died before my grandpa and on my dad's side, but they wanted to be, like, buried together or have their mm-hmm. ashes spread together. So we, like, waited a few years and then... Grandpa died, and when we went out to have this, like, beautiful ashes spreading ceremony at our family cabin on Hood Canal, and it's like we bought these two trees, these maple trees, and they were going to, like, be next to each other, and we were going to spread their ashes <laughs> under the maple trees, and I'm sobbing. I'm just crying. My whole body's shaking. Where is this going? <laughs> and then I, I just noted, like, as they brought the bags out, I was like, why are they such different colors? Like, <laughs> my grandma's Whoa. was, like, weirdly pink and my grandpa's was weirdly like gray (laughs) what how does that happen i don't know but (laughs) i feel like you rarely see like two cremation side yeah no that's true true that's so wow grandma was a barbie yeah (laughs) you know glam till the end uh love you grandma catherine so oh my god so, yeah. So tell us what he does, Alyssa. So, okay. So, yeah. And now I'm wondering if your grandma's parting stones would have been pink. So Justin will take your dead person and cremate them and then take their ashes and turn them into these little smooth stones. They look like river stones. They're anywhere from like an inch wide to like maybe three inches wide. And they look like the ones he's holding up of his grandpa, evidently, are like white, just like very pale gray 
smooth stones. He doesn't go into like the, the <laughs> mechanics of it, which I'm grateful for. But basically, <laughs> you give them a cadaver and you get back a series of small, smooth stones that you can hold on to or put out, make a little cairn out of, I guess. I mean, solidified remains is how he refers to them, which is real sexy. I think he said an average person makes 40 to 60 stones. Yeah, he did say that. That's so many. And also like a lot of stones. If this becomes a thing, am I just going to continue to feel guilt about my body? Am I going to be on my deathbed? Like, ugh, I hope I don't make 60 stones. Burn in my family. I was going to ask you how many stones you think you would make, Sylvie. Like a lot with the muscle mass I'm currently rocking. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like mine would be very brittle little pebbles. (laughs) Mine would be like big boulders. They'd be like, um... (laughs) That's yeah. somehow each way like two pounds. <laughs> yeah. They're like, actually, she made 87 stones. Like <laughs> she gained why, mass when we cremated yeah. her. Why am I being body shamed even when I'm being made into a stone? I hate this. <laughs> I just I feel so many things about this. Again, like I Jewish people don't cremate generally, so I don't have as much experience with like cremation personally. But yeah, just the hard pivot to him holding up a bag. By the way, whose ashes are those? Because his grandpa is stones. So like, what is the what is this? What's in the bag? What's yeah. in the bag, Justin? What's in the bag, Justin? Um, so it just bag? it just like unleashes the exact kind of conversation that you think would stem from a person whose business is turning dead people into memorabilia. Everyone is like, do we refer to them as dead bodies? Like so Kevin is just referring to the customers as dead people. Like everyone is like, talk about your sales, I guess. Like it's a very strange space to be in because <laughs> he's also like asking for $400,000 for 5%. Like that's not nothing. Yeah. And also it should be made clear that it's quickly revealed that he's like, in front of you, sharks, you have some of these stones. And they're like, who is this? Where are the stones from? And he's like, that's Gramps. So that was tough. Between this and Milkify, we had two instances of product uh, samples where everyone was like, no, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I can't to touch this. <laughs> like Mark Cuban's reaction to him being like, it's Gramps. Mark was like, whoa. <laughs> I don't know that I would want to like just I, I could see people really being into this, especially people who like because like they make like little like necklaces that hold ash yeah. and stuff like that. So like this is definitely a thing. Like there's a customer. Base I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I don't know. He's also got into the pet business where it's nine ninety five, by the way, to turn a cadaver into stones. Nine hundred dollars. Um, nine hundred. Yeah, not nine dollars yeah. and ninety five cents to be clear. Um, for dogs, <laughs> it's five hundred ninety five dollars, and for cats, it's four. $495? I guess because cats are smaller? Like, is that why you get a discount? But also, if like, you cremate a cat, what if you got a big cat? What if you have a chihuahua? Exactly. And like How a, many stones you get? I'm sure you're going to get and four like a stones main coon. It's just, it's just really something. Kevin, oh, Kevin wants to use his information, the data that he's collecting from his cat DNA company to <laughs> try and sell this to cat customers <laughs> so that cat owners will be advertised this product and then turn their cats into burning stones when they die. It is just funny to get like a packet of like DNA info about your cat and be like, and when it kicks the bucket, use burning stones. <laughs> now, I have a question for you. I'm not going to ask you what you're going to do 
I can't go there with our pets because that's because no, that's never going to happen. Too tough. Yeah. And we got the two dogs that will never die, which yes, is amazing. We, we for us. both somehow managed to land the the breed that lives forever, so it's great. That's that's crazy. So we don't have to worry about that. But for us, like, what are you thinking for your post life plans? What does that look like for you, if I may ask? Um, I don't know. Is that too personal? Really, no, it's not too personal. Nothing's too personal. But to be honest, I never really thought about it. I guess. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to be like a tree. I'd like to like feed a tree, you know, maybe like an like do... American chestnut. Like they're making such a comeback and I would love to like mm. support that in some way with my body. You want to do one of those um, like bio burials yes. where you're, yes, where you're yes. kind of like mulched and composted yes. into a tree. I want to be compost for an American chestnut. I think I'm the same. I haven't decided which type of tree, but that sounds appealing to me. Yeah, we should be um, planted next to each other. Just outside the home where we spend our final days that we'll share. And I would allow like part of me to be made into a rock, but I hate the waste that's in the like burial system. Like I all respect to all cultures, but it's tough to be like, we're going to pump you full of, you know, formaldehyde and then like stick you in the ground for a million years. Like that's, that's tough for me. No, I agree. I agree. The embalming thing is again, not like a Jewish thing. So not something I've had close contact with, but like, oh, Jewish people don't embalm. No, that's why the Jewish funerals are like a day or two after the person dies because they're like, we're not putting anything in there. It's your last chance. (laughs) I mean, they don't open casket, but it's like, let's get a move on before this thing starts to stink. Ooh, neither do uh, open caskets aren't really like an Episcopalian thing either. I feel like we go weird. They're so scary. I've been to one, and it was like. It was like the scariest yeah, thing. It's same, like same. I'm not into no, it. Thank Sorry. You. I would rather be stones. I would rather be stones than for you to have to look at my cold dead face. Yeah. We do like a memorial and then we burn you right up in my That's nice. My family. It's not bad, you know? No. It's no one really has to look at a thing. No, yeah. The the only issue with these stones is that they do look like river stones. So if you're the type of person who has, like, stones on a windowsill that you've gathered, like, (laughs) there is truly no way to distinguish unless you're doing a (laughs) DNA test for all those stones. Like, who is a person and who was a stone? They also kind of all look the same, which... Yes, they do. I don't know. It'd be nice to have a little customization. (laughs) I know, I know. And they're like, and it comes in all sorts of colors, which, to your point, there seems to be some variation, but... One of the stones that he showed in an example was like dark brown. And I was like, why is that one so different? And it's not a race thing because it was being held by a white hand. <laughs> I mean, what if mine okay. are just like pitch black? Like so evil. Be awesome? <laughs> It'd be sick. Yeah. So yeah. And they've raised all of this money. So once we get kind of past the weirdness of like the product and how do we talk about this? Um Their business right now is 95% humans and 5% pets. (laughs) They've raised $2.5 million and they have 55 55. angel investors. Yeah. Oof. There's a lot of reasons to find the actual like company finances to be like unsatisfactory. Mark has a, is working with a business that turns (laughs) ashes into diamonds. Uh, And so he's out and later in the segment is like, I'm going to tell the diamond people to do that. And it's like, well, that's a dick thing to do. Um, Barbara's out. Gwyneth Paltrow is out. Um, <laughs> but Lori and Kevin want to go in on this, and they offer the $400,000 for not 5%, but 20%. Babs doesn't go out for a minute, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she, like, goes out, but then 
comes back in inexplicably. Yeah. After Lori and Kevin put their deal in. Like, she's like, oh, well, now I'm hearing what I want to hear. And I'm like, all that we've heard is everyone putting their deals out. Right, right. So, like, once Kevin and Lori are interested, Babs comes back in and she says she'll do 400K for 10%. And then she says, quote, I'd like a $20 royalty per dead person or dead animal. I also wrote that down and put it in quotes. Like, quote, per dead person and per dead animal. And Gwyneth. There's no, like, yeah, Gwyneth. Gwyneth's like, there's gotta be another way to say that, which I don't know. Is there? I'm sure Justin has heard it all, but like, I don't know. And and frankly, like, why don't we talk more freely about dead people? Because we got to put it somewhere. Okay. The earth is crowded. Like you said, formaldehyde filled rotting corpses are not good for the earth. So, like, no. let's have this conversation. I just don't know that I want, like, a pocket full of, like, Eric walking around, you know? <laughs> Weighing you down. I would just, like, an actual ball and chain. I want Mason to be turned into dumbbells so I can think of him every time I'm doing a bench press. <laughs> You're making me stronger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my so, God. Then, like, Lori and Kevin go back and forth and Babs is kind of sitting there. The whole like negotiating royalties on dead bodies just does feel a little ghoulish to me. And then they start bringing Gramps into it and they're Mm -hmm. holding the stones up and Lori's like, Gramps is telling me go with my deal. (laughs) Really uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know that he wanted you to do that. (laughs) No. So Um, that feels bad. Yeah. But Justin asks Gramps for his counsel, and Gramps apparently tells him to go with Kevin and Lori, which he does. (laughs) Yeah, he does. And then to your point, Mark is like, it is a great idea. I'm going to take it to my girl at at Eternova and see if she can do the same thing. (laughs) So we won't see this in markets. Also, something about turning a person into a diamond doesn't feel as good to me as turning them into a rock. Like, really? Uh, yeah. I'd rather have a person as a diamond. But then, like, what am I going to do with a rock? Well, what are you going to do with a diamond? Put it on a ring I'll and then a ring. wear a yeah. dead person? That feels like a Lord of the Rings curse. Like, that feels. So you don't think that's cool? Mm, that feels like I have Alyssa trapped in my ring. <laughs> I, you know, I never thought about that. I still think I would go dead diamond over dead it, stone. It's maybe because I read a fantasy series where someone trapped the spirit of someone else in a ring for many years in like a stone, but a gemstone. But don't you want your spirit to be in a ring, like moving around? No way. I want to be like a little bee. I want to be a oh, you little be like fish a, in the sea. I want to be- reincarnate. Yeah, I want a little reincarnation. I'm over okay. <laughs> this form. I want to be reincarnated as a diamond ring, so- I mean, look, as long as it's something that doesn't have a period, I'm <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Well, that was Parting Stone. And we Amazing. get a brief update from Yellow Leaf Hammocks, who are doing well. They're fine. Whatever. They're who cares? Fine. I loved I loved Parting Stone though. Great segment. Yeah, I it was just a I watched the whole segment with my jaw on the floor. Just thrilled to hear people talking about um human remains and how to commoditize them. I'm a little sad we didn't get to hear how all of the sharks wanted to be. Yes, that uh, is a missed opportunity. Or, yeah, that's again, felt if sad, the whole but... episode were parting stones, that mm-hmm. would have been fine with me. Me too. Well, with that regret, should we take a break? Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. It hurts. The things <gasps> I go through for this podcast. <laughs> Just know that every word Sylvia's saying today pains her. Okay, <laughs> and it's still not that. 
interesting or worth it. Um, <laughs> I mean, especially, can you tell us about this next product? Because yeah, yeah, I'll save we'll my make tongue. It quick. We'll, we'll make it. I'll make it quick and save your tongue. Um, our next product is called Sincha. Our two entrepreneurs. Ashley and James, who walk in carrying like a rolly carry-on suitcase and a big tote bag. And Ashley, as she's rolling the suitcase and the tote bag in, like kind of like drops the tote bag and like trips, which I don't know if that was like a gag for the product or if that was like a genuine mistake. I think it was planned. You think so? Mm-hmm. I think it was planned, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, she she's been it. practicing this for months. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ashley, they, I would believe it because she They're really lovely. had her shit together. Yeah, they were yeah. lovely. So apparently it's a big problem for Ashley that she can't secure her personal bag to her carry-on at the airport. What I did like is that they opened their conversation with the sharks about, remember what it was like to fly commercially, which is an accurate way to start talking about commercial flying with these sharks. So I really, I appreciated that. Like you haven't had this problem in a while, but we still do. Um, Basically like Ashley wanted to solve for the apparent difficulty of having a personal bag and a carry-on and that she would always like have trouble carrying it on her shoulder like whatever get a backpack so (laughs) she her husband James once like suggested that she use a bungee cord to latch the tote bag onto the like handle of the pulley rolly bag and she decided that that was too ugly um so she made cincha which are like seat belts to fasten your personal bag on top of your carry-on bag when you're rolling it from terminal to terminal. They want $200,000 for 15%. And yeah, they look like just like seat belts with like cute bright patterns on them. This is not a product that I could get even remotely excited about. Yeah, it's not for me because I'm a backpack yeah, carry-on every damn time. And it's like if I take a little purse or a clutch or a bag, I put it in my bag. Me too. Like, duh. Let's be efficient here. Like, this isn't a fashion show. Yeah. What is your airport? Let's say you're doing like three to four day work trip. Yeah. What is your setup? North Face roller bag, Mm -hmm. black Arcteryx backpack, everything black. I'm very like utilitarian with my my travel. Small purse if I want to go out in the bag. And then like computer, switch, chargers, essentials, toiletries in backpack, clothes, shoes, everything else in bag, done, simple. I do like a Lululemon pant. I do like a crop top. I do a sweater. We're good to go. We're done. We're doing shoes, easy, slip on, slip off, whatever. How about you? You got it kind of made in the shade. I'm similar. I have a rolly suitcase, a beautiful rolly bag, and then I just use a backpack. I have like a Cotopaxi backpack that yeah. holds my laptop and all the wires and stuff and mm-hmm. yeah any like thing that I need to get to immediately and I always leave just enough space for a purse that will be my purse on the trip and that I keep my wallet in so I just like unzip the backpack and then unzip the purse and like get what I need out of it and then like a coat or like a light jacket with a lot of pockets and comfy clothes that don't make me look like an idiot like respect to Ashley but like why are you walking around with a gigantic tote bag as your personal bag like That feels like the foremost issue here. Yeah, this is a product for people who I think, these are people who like buy five different kinds of Stanley cups to like hold their water in. This is not us. Like we're not- this is not us. It's just not us. Like Like you said, we're very utilitarian. Like we're not getting stuff monogrammed. No, no. I'm not getting a monogrammed like bungee cord to attach my personal bag to my carry-on. Never- Never have I ever. No, you and I would only get something monogrammed if it was like 
a joke. Like if it said like yeah. fuck on it. Eric got a free um, monogram on an iPad that he got years ago. And so he <laughs> monogrammed, if you steal this, I'll kill you on it. <laughs> so that is on Eric's iPad. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, the, but it does seem like a good business. It does, I guess. especially because it sells for $40. Uh, Americans are so dumb. <laughs> Like, why would you? Okay, whatever, though. Whatever. I'm happy for them. Like, James grew up homeless, and now he's a lawyer. And, like, they're just, they're great. So, I mean, they, you know, they've grown steadily since 2019. Year to date, they've done $830,000 in sales, which is good. And they're, you know, they're asking for $200,000 for 15%. So, like, decent sales-wise. Yeah, and it's just the two of them. I thought that Lori would be all over this, but she has to go out because she's in business with a competitor. Apparently. Which what what do you think that is? I don't what know. is a competitor to this? A bungee cord company? Like a rubber band? I don't know. I, I don't know. She was very vague about it. <laughs> she was. Yeah, Gwyneth is out. Mark is out. Babs wants a third. <laughs> she wants the two hundred thousand dollars for thirty three percent. Yeah. And then Kevin hops in and says he'll do two hundred K for twenty percent with a $4 royalty per unit until he gets his investment back and then it's 50 cents. Yeah, which is not great because their customer acquisition costs are like $29. Yeah. So I feel like they can't be doing that. No. Then they kind of get into like a back and forth. Barbara at one point asks (laughs) Ashley if she will give her James to have as another husband, um, which is a, a Babs that we haven't seen in a while. We haven't seen like lusty Babs. Um, I feel like all season, so as much as it continues to be kind of disgusting, it was like, it was like a warm cup of cocoa, you know? It was like, oh, there she is. <laughs> She's still her pervy self deep down. And like a warm cup of cocoa, it leaves you with a kind of sour taste in yes. your mouth. Like yeah. it doesn't taste It's like cocoa great. with like a, with like stevia in it. And you can kind of yeah. feel it. You taste it like ketones in the back of your mouth after you drink grainy, it. Grainy. Yes, I, grainy. I, I. Love and I hate horny babs with equal yeah. measure. On one hand, I feel like it's reparations yes. for years of men sexually harassing women. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. On the other hand, <laughs> it's, it's so, disgusting. It's not okay. Like it's, it's fucking not okay and disgusting. It's, it's not okay because like it's not enough of a joke. Like when Bab <laughs> says, like, I'll do 25% if I get your fiance. It's not fully a joke. Yeah, like she's waiting for someone to be like, "Oh, okay, I actually am into that." <laughs> yeah, she's into like I don't know a weird game of chicken with that. But yeah. they're like, "Haha!" And Ashley, to her credit, immediately is like, "Is like go for it!" Yeah, like, she's have, like him. have him. She's like, "I want to make a deal. Have him. Have James." So they do it. They make a deal, <laughs> and Barbara takes James as a third husband. <laughs> Which is crazy. I hope that that comes up in future episodes. Me too. Me too. Um, so yeah, so Cinch has, got, Cinch has got a deal. Good for them. We're moving on. We're moving on. We're taking a break. How does the Ganger store come to be? I don't know, like stress and like hormones and eating. Oh, is it like a hormonal <laughs> thing? It can be, I think, yeah. Your body is trying to destroy you. <laughs> Guys, that's really this show should just be out. called how is sylvie's body trying to destroy her this week <laughs> <laughs> yeah like stomach is okay this week but um uterus and tongue not doing well speaking of spice <laughs> <laughs> um burlap and barrel is our next product which 
shout out to Allie and Leah, Allie Milstein and Leah Giddens, their friend runs this company. No way. They know these guys. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. I know. They tried to get a soundbite and we thank them for it and they were unable to. (laughs) (laughs) How exciting though. It is very exciting. So Burlap and Barrel is, they're seeking $500,000 for 5%. Wow. Um, It's Ethan and Ori. And basically it's a single origin spice company. So you can go online or in retail and buy like these like really cool endemic spices from all over the world and it's like single origin and it's direct from the source and allegedly i assume probably sustainable and they look great i mean the if i wasn't like already close to this product and had bought this product before and really enjoyed it i would say i would say that it's kind of a k-i-t-t-f-m because i feel like they like literally at the farmer's market like downtown sell Mm. spices but i think that they've got like a good business model going and they really seem like they're like trying to do this not just to make money, but to, like, save the planet. What do you think of the spices? They look good. I got the... I'm trying to think. I think I got... I got either Zatar or Sumac from them, um, mm. and it was great and very flavorful, and it looks like the packaging... Like, I don't think the packaging has changed, but it was great. It's gone now. I gotta say... I like the product. I like that they were basically like, we're going to introduce you to new spices. Like there's a Mm -hmm. type of cinnamon that you have never had because it's not sold commercially, but it tastes like a little different and it's a little better. And there's this type of like cumin that's going to be a little bit different. And there's this like dried. Yeah, dried black lime. Dried black lime, which sounds amazing. And they have 75 spices. They retail for $9.99 per spice, which, like, isn't bad to no, me. not at all. At all. Because you'll use that stuff, for, like, it'll last forever. Forever. And I will say, though, I'm not a fan of the name. It sounds like... Burlap and Barrel. I know. It sounds like Good and Gather. It sounds like a Target, <laughs> you know, one of those yeah, brands. It's totally in the Good and Gather, yes. But <laughs> Bowl and Basket is the shop yes. right brand. Bowl and Basket. Yes. Burlap exactly. and Barrel, Bowl and Basket. <laughs> Good and gather. Yeah, it's, it's one of those yeah, like I, the first time I names. got it, I accidentally called it burlap and sack, which it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so unsolicited advice. Um, change the name. Yeah, I loved that they gave a sampling of the spices that you're just talking about: the black lime, the cumin, the cinnamon, and some spicy black peppercorns to the sharks. And, like, they're all, like, seem to be, like, enjoying it. Like, Lori has a lot of compliments for it. Mark cannot take the spice. He does not. No. He is not enjoying a second of the segment. Mark is not a spice guy, evidently. Mark apparently likes his meat and potatoes. I have to ask, like, spice, and again, we're talking a lot about family history, sort of Mm, ethnicity, mm -hmm. heritage, culture today. I come from a very waspy family. Right. And I wouldn't say that spice is it all a factor in, like, my grandparents' cooking? Luckily, my mom is a spice addict and has been, like, Great. forcefully adding flavor and heat to every dish she's ever made for us. Bless. But in wasp culture, our seasoning <laughs> is a careful sprinkle of salt. You know, if we're getting yeah. spicy, we're doing a crack of pepper. Like, that's like, right. whoa. Right, right. Yeah. What is it like in Jewish food, which I generally consider much superior to more white cooking, white it's, food. It varies so, so, so drastically. I mean, mm. like Ashkenazi Eastern European Jewish food is like infamously just like beige, like all beige all the time. Like the spiciest <laughs> thing that you would add to something, like in terms of spices, like it's always got like your garlic and onions and all that stuff. Sure. But like in terms of spices, the spiciest you would go is like a paprika. So mm. not famously spice laden, I would say. But then you've right. got like 
Israel, where Ori, one of the co-founders of this company, is from, where it's mm. very Mediterranean. It's like shakshuka and like really like spicy lamb patties and like hummus right. and all like zatar and all that shit. So zatar. It, it's like it's it's not um it's not monolithic in that way. And then there's Sephardic Jews, which is like a lot more spice and cinnamon and like North African flavors and all that jazz. So it varies really drastically. So it wasn't like again like classic Ashkenazi food tends to be very like monochromatic, some form mm. of brown. Um, it wasn't a surprise to me that like Ethan and Ori, like two Jews, are into these like really impactful, punchy spices. Whereas the cube is maybe cube. Oh man, coming yeah. from a different background. Yes, <laughs> we're feeling how Ashkenazi Mark Cuban is in this moment. <laughs> it's really now coming I, out. I, I kind of want to go back and watch past episodes and like have that as like uh, recontextualize given it this is. information and be like, oh. <laughs> It is like, it would be like going back. It's like going back and watching The Sixth Sense after you know that he's yes, dead the whole exactly. time. You're like, exactly. Mark Cuban was Jewish the whole time. You're like, oh my God, Mark didn't even touch the chair when he sat down at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it explains a lot. Um, I was laughing at Gwyneth, like really politely being like, oh, this is cinnamon in the way I've never had it before. Like something tells me that these spices are like utterly pedestrian to Gwyneth. Like Gwyneth has access to like rich people's spices. <laughs> you know what I mean? That like we could never dream of. That's what I was going to say. It's like, then we have Gwyneth who's spoonfuling, like eating spoonfuls <laughs> yes, yes. of this spice because it's a meal for her. Right. Like this is a woman who, who like snorts ashwagandha like <laughs> to start every day. Yeah, who famously is like, mm, I'm so full from that hot lemon water and cayenne. <laughs> yes. Like, what a filling yes. meal. She's definitely eating spices as normal people eat, yes. like, a handful of nuts or, like, mm -hmm. cheese and crackers. <laughs> this is a Just a teaspoon of black lime <laughs> as lunch. <laughs> as, like, an indulgent, yeah, a little fun snack for her. But the funny thing is, like, as sharks go out, Gwyneth goes out because – She's basically like, I'm really active in this space. Why haven't I heard She's of you? She's like, I have never heard of you, and that's worrying to me, and I'm out. And I was like, dude, Ooh. here's the thing. When you retail for $9.99, you're not on GP's radar. Like you said, yeah. she is buying stuff that's like $500 an ounce. Like, I... <laughs> Yeah, like Gwyneth lives on planet Jade Egg. Like the idea that she thinks that she's in touch with like the typical, like the demographic that would want this, which is like average people is like laughable. Like you have black lime, Gwyneth's eating rainbow lime. Like she's, <laughs> she's transcended this. She's And they're done. helicoptering it to her house every time they make a fresh batch. <laughs> exactly. Or they're like helicoptering her to the source. Yes, yeah. So she can ingest it mm -hmm. um, in like a shamanic ceremony. <laughs> yes. so, so, yeah. But the spice company is doing well. Like they're going to do $6 million this yeah. year, which is crazy. Yeah. It, it does kind of justify like a $10 million valuation, um, but it is still like a lot of money. Um, mm -hmm. Kevin, unsurprisingly, because he considers himself chef wonderful, he want, he'll do the $500,000, but he wants a $2.30 royalty. And they're like, great, we also had a royalty deal for the Kevin O'Leary signature spice blend that we'll make together. And he's like, no. Kevin O'Leary is smart enough to know that if he's only getting royalty on the Kevin O'Leary spice blend, he's not going to make his fucking money back ever, ever. So he's like, no, 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 no. Royalty his, across the whole thing. His ego is also way too big 
to oh publicly yes. lend his name to something and not be like a huge investor in the company. So, yes. so it's just like there's a lot of back and forth. Kevin wants a royalty on everything. They don't want to give Kevin a royalty on everything. And ultimately, they're just like not able to come out with a deal. And at this point, Mark has gone out because he says ketchup is spicy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mark is the fact that Mark goes out immediately is not surprising given how he reacted no. to those spices. <laughs> no. Uh, Lori says the space is too crowded, and Bab says the valuation is too high. Yeah, yeah. So, so everyone is like, Kevin was the only one who's trying to make it happen, and it's just, it's no not going to happen. But, like, this is the perfect platform for them. This is, like, yeah. totally a company that will benefit from the Shark Tank bump. They seem like they yep. have the inventory to, like, handle this, like, spike that they're going to get. They already have on their website, I saw, like, a Shark Tank line where it's, like, the four products that they put in front of the sharks that they're selling smart, as, like, a smart. box. Yeah, really smart. These guys, like, Ethan and Ori, maybe someday we'll get to meet you and talk about your experience. I hope so. But they're going to go far. I'm going to keep buying jars of burlap and sack every chance I get. I really burlap like Burlap and sack. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Anything else on burlap and barrel? Nothing left for me on burlap and sack. Thank you. No more spice left to give. No okay. more spice. <laughs> no more spice. Okay, I just absolutely need to talk about this product with you because it is yet another example of like a human byproduct being converted into powder form. How is that the theme of today's episode? Yes, I think we could title this segment Sylvia's Afraid because Sylvia's Afraid. I am afraid of Milkify. Um Somehow, like, breast milk makes me more uncomfortable than death. <laughs> I really, I dislike everything about it. But also, like, take a shot for every time that there's an alternative storage for breast milk pitched on Shark Tank. Because, like, Facts. why is why are we all talking about this? Like, I don't want to talk about breast milk anymore. I don't want to see the bags of it. I don't want to see it frozen in, like, a tube. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's, no, it, it, I, I don't want it. I don't want it. And I know we're, again, I know, like, pregnancy is a miracle. And it's, like, a beautiful <laughs> process. And, like. it makes me so uncomfortable though like every stage of it and I don't know if this is my like like some like gender dysphoria coming out or whatever but thinking about the fact that my body has the capacity to produce eggs and milk makes me so physically fucking ill I I can hardly stand it like your body is the grocery uh, store (laughs) so gross it's so it's, gross no offense to anyone yeah. else no um, yeah no offense you're also you gross moms out there <laughs> oh you gross fucking adult women out there um okay well, let's just cut to the chase milkify yeah. is a product that allows you to turn your breast milk into freeze-dried powder so that you can reconstitute it at your leisure I will say, like, it immediately makes sense to me. I'm like, oh, why doesn't that yeah. exist? Like, yeah. if you freeze it, it doesn't keep the nutrients for as long. Like, it doesn't last as long. Right. And it takes up a ton of room in your freezer. And it's like, yeah. who has a freezer that big? So, like, it makes sense to me that you would want to, if you could, turn it into a powder and have it be, like, shelf-stable, same amount of nutrients, and easier to use. Yeah. And it's shelf-stable for three years, which, like... <laughs> <laughs> why is it lasting that long um okay I, I just have to say this like she's like it's shelf stable for three years so you know you can reconstitute it per packet or you can and this is where i had to 
Holden, mm. the vomit. Mm. You can sprinkle it on your toddler's food no. when they get older for an added boost. And I was like, I am not Carnation Instant Breakfast. Like that, the idea <laughs> that you are just going to turn like your breast milk into like a supplement powder to just sprinkle, like call back burlap and barrel. Like let's put it in a jar and sell <laughs> it as a spice say, and sprinkle it on your oatmeal. I was going to say, let's get a Milkify burlap and barrel collab here. <laughs> <laughs> let's sell like a jarred oh spiced breast milk. <laughs> I would rather a Milkify collab than a parting stone collab. I'm just saying. Oh, I mean... <laughs> A lot of powders today. What are their names again, our entrepreneurs? They're Dr. Berkeley and Pedro, her husband. And they're seeking $400,000 for 10%. Um, And she is like a, she's a genius. She's like a molecular scientist. And she was studying like the infant gut microbiome um, and had had an idea for this, bless you, even before they had their now 18-year-old child. But like when she shows us an example. 18-month. I think what did I say? 18, 18 years, 18 month old child, 18 she years, and still, still feeding breast milk to her 18 year olds. The nice thing is, you can mail them packets mm-hmm. to at college every week. Yeah, for them to sprinkle in the dining hall. Yes, for you, <laughs> some to their friends. What uh, is that? Oh, it's mummy's milk. It's <laughs> so fucking disgusting. Um, so they have this like whole process where they charge. It's something like a dollar sixty per ounce, and they will send you a returnable like refrigerated cooler, and you send in like however much breast milk you want, and they'll convert it into powder, like a freeze dried powder. And it usually costs like $400 for like four to five weeks, which is like hefty because it's not like you're buying formula. You're just turning yourself into formula. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what Mark says. Like Mark is basically like, I'm out because I just see this as something that most moms can't afford. Yeah. That, and it does seem like prohibitively expensive. The other thing is like, if you are getting back five weeks worth of breast milk, that means you are sending five weeks worth of breast milk to these people. Right. Like how long does that take? And what, like, do you have any reserves left? Cause there's gotta be some time there. If you're just using all of your reserves and then there's like, say like even a week, even a week, what are you going to do for that week? How much milk are these women producing? I don't know. And I don't know how this works. Like, I don't know how much you produce. I don't know how much the baby needs. Uh, Gwyneth unhelpfully shares that she, <laughs> Was like a milkmaid, she says, producing so much milk, which is like, for some reason, strikes me as the the cis woman equivalent of like a dude being like, I have a huge dick. Like, okay, Gwyneth, like milky, milky lady. Fed the neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah, she says I could have fed the neighborhood, and I'm like, oh, really? On your like dashi broth diet with like a sprinkle of bee pollen, like fat fucking chance. One half a gram of protein in like all. (laughs) 200 ounces of her breast milk. Gwyneth Paltrow's breast milk is somehow vegan. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, I mean, they're doing okay. They made $525,000 in lifetime sales, and they said they have $2 million in pre-orders, which is like, I don't know what that means. Like, they're like people committing to send them milk to be turned into powder. Uh, yeah, it's too... I, I'm with Mark. It does feel like too much of a... <laughs> 
luxury to turn into like a big sustainable business. Like again, like parking effect, great, but like it doesn't extend beyond this. These customers can't wait. This isn't like I'm pre-ordering like a chair for the beach for summer. Like (laughs) I'm producing milk. Like I need this presumably (laughs) ASAP. Like there's a window here. I'm producing it to feed a child. Yeah. (laughs) Presumably. Presumably. So yeah, but I knew that Gwyneth would be interested in this product because Mm -hmm. She's all about like the natural, the, yeah. the gut biome of the baby, and the all producers that had shit. to know that this would be paired with the Gwyneth yeah. episode because yes. like it's, it does feel like a natural fit, and she is into talking about this. But you know who's not into talking about this is Kevin O'Leary. Kevin O'Leary's flat out like I can't. It's not on brand for me to talk about breast milk, so I don't. <laughs> Which like same, same. Honestly, we stand with Kevin on this one. <laughs> Um, Barbara also thinks that the price point is too high. And even though they say that like a bulk of their customers are middle to low income, like no one, no one seems to believe them, including me. But yeah, Gwyneth does say that the $400,000 is too high. Yeah. And then we kind of go into this rapid fire round because Pedro works in private equity. So he just is like, goes after it. And he basically says, yeah, he's like, Lori, Gwyneth, do you want to go in on a deal? Would you be interested in, like, some sort of debt so you can see how we perform and where we go, blah, blah, blah. So, like, he, Lori, and Gwyneth kind of, like, go back and forth for a while. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun. And I do like the pairing of Lori and Gwyneth a lot. I do, too. I do, too. And I like that they were both like, oh, are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? Like, they were kind of, like, they both felt like they were, like, testing new waters together. And I like that <laughs> Lori is so much shorter than Gwyneth. It felt like a fun first date. Like, they have yeah. good chemistry. That is what yeah. that is what very very rich people do on a first date is they decide what business to invest four hundred thousand dollars in. <laughs> yeah, how many hundreds of thousands of dollars? So, yeah, they end up doing four hundred k as a convertible note, which like I don't know what that is. He was like a convertible note means after the period, I think it's a three year period, you can decide if you want your money back. Or if you want 20% and we keep the money. Ah, uh, okay. And that's what they go off of. That was my understanding of convertible note in this instance. That makes sense. Yeah. That seems like a win-win. I think so. It's kind of a big commitment, but like they, everyone seems excited about it. And yeah. I wrote take it in big letters because you're right. Lori and mm-hmm. Gwyneth pairing is like can't be beat. Yeah. It's strong for sure. And I want to give us enough time to get to what I think will be <laughs> – a really fun version of our usual <laughs> concluding segment. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Alyssa, which of these products are you going for? I was going to say, listen, one of us is going to get spices and one of us is going to get turned into a stone when we die. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, I'll pass on burlap and barrel only because I'm already a customer of burlap and barrel and I like them very much. Um, I was going to say, you don't have to choose parting stone for yourself. You oh, can choose it for someone else. Here's what I was going to say is like, I mean, you know, this is a pie in the sky hypothetical conversation. Cut off my legs and send them to Parting Stone and then turn the rest of me into a tree. You know what I mean? Like right. cut off some less nutrient dense part of me, turn that right. part into stones and then give the rest of me to an American chestnut because I don't need 40 stones. You know what I mean? T- two. Two is That's- will suffice. That is the other thing about that product. Like, I'm looking for two to three stones. I'm not looking for 60. I don't want more clutter in my house. Like, what am I going to do? Like, pave a driveway? Right, exactly. Exactly. So if that is an option, that is my choice. I think that's totally fair. Um, 
I mean, we've already discussed my travel style <laughs> and my gender dysphoria with my breasts. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they have the capacity to produce milk, which is scary. It's so scary disgusting. to me. Uh, I got to go burlap and barrel. And I'm excited about it. Because, like, what I love spice? A spice. What spice? Ooh, I would want let me let me just look up the site really quickly. That Afghani cumin sounded incredible. That's sounded the first thing I think really I would order. Good. I might order that today. And the black lime. Okay. I want the black lime. Ooh, okay. They have spice collections. Yep. Ooh, I gotta do the chili collection. Mm-hmm. I saw that. I saw that. Oh my god. Silk chili? I don't know what that is, but I need it. Kashmiri <laughs> chili. Oh, smoked pimenton paprika. Yeah, I'm doing this spice set and I'm sprinkling it directly onto my two canker sores. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you just burn them away. Yeah, won't that help it? Just like, eh, like kind of cauterize it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, le- legit, like I think some of these, probably some of the real, real hot ones. Yeah, you might be in business. If you go before me, I will sprinkle some burlap and sack on your stones. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're Come so visit welcome. my tree. <laughs> I will. I'll sit under your tree and I'll snort a line of <laughs> Calabria chili. Black lime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, this was such a fun episode. and It was so fun. And Sylvie's got to go and I got to go. So we got to go get turned into stones. <laughs> we got it. Yeah. I got to go prepared for my imminent demise. Yeah. I, I got to go make a pre-order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I know. Get on the waiting list now. Yeah. But thanks, as always, for tuning in. Uh, love you, HC Nation. Shout out to Dia, who brightens oh our day God. with a text every every time. Yeah. But all the other members of the HC Nation as well. We love you guys. Yeah, truly, truly. Thanks, HC Nation. All right. Talk to you soon. Till next time. Bye. Bye.